We're going to start a new series tonight because I want to talk to you about really how to develop a strong spirit. Do you know you're not a body and you're not a mind? You are a spirit being, right? The Bible is very clear. We are the three parts of man. You and I, we are spirits. We possess a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, and we live in a body. So it's kind of like this. Your body is the glove. I don't know which way's front and which way's back, but I'm just going to try this. Oh, it fits though. That's awesome. So this is your body. This is my body, the glove. It's not you. The real you is in the body. And if you stepped out of your body, you'd still look like you. Just, just younger, right? Your, your physical body would exude the youthfulness of your spirit because your spirit's renewed day by day. When a person dies, all that happens is their body slips out or their, their spirit slips out of their body, and that's all that happens. They go to be with the Lord. We've spent billions and billions of dollars on how to develop our mind, right? We've spent billions and billions of dollars on doing what? How to, how to be healthy, how to develop our physical bodies. It's amazing I go to a, 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 a baseball, or I watch baseball on TV. If I watch a baseball game, I'm like, man, these guys are bigger than the football players were, professional football players were in the 70s and 80s. The baseball players are bigger. The football players are just gigantic, right? And they have, they have spent so much money on how to develop the body but we have spent very little time on how to develop our spirit. So this series, I'm believing God that God is going to really be able to introduce you to the real you. Because outwardly, you might be kind of freaked out a little bit, a little afraid, but I'm telling you, that's not who you are. And as you do some things and apply the word of God to your life, and we're going to teach you real clear what the word of God says, you could develop a strong spirit. A strong spirit, that means, that means when you walk through the fire, you're not stressed. Right? Because you know he said he'd be with you. And he said that the fire wouldn't kindle upon you. He said a thousand might fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. I mean, there's a strength on the inside of you. So we're going to talk about that, if that's okay. If it's not okay, we're still going to talk about it. So, because I don't want to explode or anything like that, right? Hallelujah. And I believe this will minister, faith, minister the grace of God and the faith of God to you so that we could all grow together. So turn in your Bibles to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. Hallelujah. Haven't you guys had some good services? Man, I'm telling you. Pastor Dave, thank you. 
so much. I know you have fun. I know you have fun. Yeah, that's awesome. We're blessed here. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. Look at what it says. I'm going to read it in the King James, and then we're going to break it down a little bit because there's two things that just jump out at you. So we're talking about how to develop a strong spirit. A strong spirit, no matter what is going on around them, will never move their eyes off the Lord. It takes a strong spirit to walk by the faith of God. It takes a strong spirit to walk in the love of God. It'll take a strong spirit to be led by the mighty Holy Spirit of God, right? And he, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is there to teach us how to do all of this. So it says this, if thou, or if you, put the brethren in remembrance of these things, this is Paul talking to a young pastor, Timothy, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Now look at what it says, a good minister of Jesus Christ, and this is what I want you to see, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. It talks about being nourished, nourished up in the words of faith. Do you know Paul said it's the word of faith that we preach? Everything you preach from Genesis to maps should be dripping. Every sermon should be dripping with faith and dripping with grace. Everything. It should be ministered out of faith and out of grace. If it's not, it won't nourish you. Right? So let's keep going with this. But then he says, but refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise... Now he's talking about exercise. Notice the first thing he talks about is nourish yourself with words of faith and good doctrine. Now he's talking about exercise. It's real interesting because that's so much, that's exactly how if you want to develop your physical body, what do you have to do? You have to, number one, yeah, ask Angela Witt. What is, diet is what percentage? 80%. Exercise is about 20%. But the proper nutrition is about 80%. But if you'll eat the right thing and exercise, over time, your body will get stronger. Have you noticed how many Christians, they don't eat spiritually that they don't they don't read their bible do you know physically people who don't eat they're usually not in good health that's that's actually one of the things that you can tell if a person's not doing good is they just don't eat but when they start doing good, right, they start getting better, what, what, do you, what, what comes back? They start eating. 
it, it's a really amazing, and we're going to see some of these things, nourishment and then exercise. He says, exercise thyself rather unto godliness. And then he says this, for bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. And then he explains this. Exercise profits a little, bodily exercise. What do you mean? Well, listen, it helps you in this life. So right now, that's, that's, that's an important deal. But spiritually, though, is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Isn't that interesting? As you develop yourself spiritually through proper nourishment and exercise, it's not going to just profit you in this life, but also in the life to come. You know there's a life to come. I don't know what we're all going to face in this life, in our season, our short season of life. But I know this. The Bible says whoever is born of God overcomes the world system. The Bible says things like this. The greater one lives on the inside of us. The Bible says things like this. Listen, Jesus says, I've given you delegated authority in my name to have absolute mastery. I'm quoting Luke 10, 19. Absolute mastery over all the satanic influence in the earth and over all of the ability of Satan himself, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And I know this, the Bible says no matter what the enemy's doing, the gates of hell will never prevail against the church. When you study the book of Revelation, you almost feel sorry for the Antichrist. Not quite, but you almost do. Because they're trying... I mean, you, you could even see it. They're trying to get this global control thing going. One world government, one world religion, and it never works. We're going to be standing up in heaven going, oh man, they're still trying it. At one point, where there's, could you imagine this? There's going to be silence in heaven for 30 minutes. Could you imagine every Christian shutting up for 30 minutes? That's like a miracle in my life. Like, my grandson never stops talking, Micah. And, and Jeanette and Sarah look at me and go, I'm like, what? Like, like he got that for me or something, right? It says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. So let's, let me read this to you in the amplified classic version. Because I want you to really hear it. So this is like the surround sound version. It says, if you lay all these instructions before the brethren, you will be a worthy steward and a good minister of Christ Jesus. Look at this. He's, talk, he's saying, Timothy, if you'll basically teach these principles to people, you're going to be a good minister of Jesus Christ. And then right away he switches gears. And then he really starts talking about the heart of it. How are you really a good minister? Ever nourishing your own self on the truths of the faith and of the good Christian instruction which you have closely followed. 
See, as a pastor, I can't take you someplace I haven't been. Right? So I, in order for me to be a good minister, I have got to be nourished up in the truth of the Word of God. Right? right? So in the same way, that's the way you have to be. To walk out God's plan for your life. It says here, verse 7, but refuse and avoid irreverent legends, profane and impure and godless fictions, mere grandmother's tales and silly myths. Myths. Makes me think of mythology. What do you think of mythology? Silly. Right? I'm going to stick to the word. Because the word is, it's God's word. It's truth. And I'm here to tell you, let me let you in on it. This is the only spiritual food on the planet. It's the only spiritual food. And Satan will work overtime to keep you from opening this book. And let me tell you something else. See, 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 here's the thing. It's like you go to Leviticus or you go to Hezekiah or here we go, Job. Are you kidding me? Job's like a Brussels sprout, right? But you know, you might need some of the nutrients in some of these things. And you could read numbers. You could read, you know, some of these Books, man, Leviticus, oh my gosh, right? But you know the whole word of God is full of life. So in Leviticus, there are nutrients spiritually that you could be missing if you never open that. But you think, but you know, pastor, I, you know, I don't study this stuff my whole life, so I don't understand it. Do you know that the word of God has a cumulative effect on your spirit even when you don't mentally understand it yet. I don't understand how a Brussels sprout can nourish me, but you know, I've been told that it would. There's nutrients in there, right? Moving on, we don't want to stay there too long. It says here, and express your disapproval of them Train yourself towards godliness, piety, keeping yourself spiritually fit. You have to keep yourself spiritually fit because when the enemy comes in, you have to realize, listen, he will turn anthills into Mount Everest. But when you're spiritually fit, you realize Oh, here he comes. I'm far above him. I have all authority. He has no authority. So I'm not afraid of any sickness or disease. I'm not afraid of any pestilence. I'm not afraid of what, what he can do to me because I'm already more than a conqueror. See, spiritually fit. Then he says this in verse 8. For physical training is of some value, useful for a little, but godliness spiritual training is useful and of value in everything and in every way. Do you realize people, 
And we're going to talk about why this has happened. Do you know people have sat under the word of God for decades and they're still babies because they're not being nourished by it? That's how come you have to really be careful what you're sitting under. You got to be real careful because I'm telling you, truth with error, a little bit of error in there, really messes things up. So, so, and, and here's the thing as you grow spiritually, you will know. The Bible says a spiritually mature person actually gets to the point where they can discern good from evil, which tells me a baby can't. But think about it. Those of you who have little babies, they will put anything in their mouth. Right? They'll put anything in their mouth. My daughter's not here tonight, so I'll mess with her. I'll pay for it later because she's watching from home. But um, I remember seeing my daughter. Now, she would never do this now. But you know what I'm going to say. Man, She's got two handfuls of dog food and she's got a mouthful of dog food and there's brown stuff coming out and she's just munching on it. And you're going, are you kidding me? If somebody was mature, they would never, I mean, I'm not, I don't care how hungry I am. I'm not going to go home tonight, crack open Zoe's dog food and start chewing on it, right? I'm just not going to do that. But a baby will eat anything. We can learn some things. So let's keep going with this a little bit. Is this okay to talk like this? It says here, for physical training is of some value, useful for a little, but godliness, spiritual training, is useful and of value in everything. And in every way. So do you need more money? Get spiritually fit. Do you need more peace in your life? Get spiritually fit. Do you need more health? Get spiritually fit. It's useful in everything and in every way, for it holds the promise for this present life and also for the life which is to come. Man, let's just just all, when we step out of our bodies they'll be able to tell Faith Family Church because we're just standing there right in front of Jesus. All have six packs, ripped, (laughs) just ripped, right? Just we're jacked, if you want to say it that way, because we're spiritually fit. Not, what does that look like? Not moved by anything. Can love When you are being spit on and slapped and wronged, you still just love. Never judge. Even when you're flesh, you're telling your flesh, shut up. I don't gossip. I'm not judging. I'm not slandering. I'm I'm loving. I'm, I'm being led by the mighty Holy Spirit on the inside of me. He is my everything. Spiritually fit. Do you know it's so easy to be spiritually fit? It says here, this saying is reliable and worthy of complete acceptance by everybody. So this is talking about being spiritually fit. 
developing a strong spirit. This is talking about developing in godliness. Remember, it all flows out of righteousness. Learning who you really are. Satan does not want you to know who you are. Because instead of freaking out and trying to figure out a way that you could work enough hours to get this, or no, no, you just go in your prayer closet and work it all out. And you get God involved on the scene. So two things mentioned in spiritual development, nourishment and exercise. Nourishment and exercise. Hallelujah. So turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Why do we need a strong spirit? Hallelujah. Boy, I missed you guys. I love the ocean, but it's so nice to be back in Omaha. It's wonderful. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. We're going to really look at this nourishment thing first. Because... The reason why people are weak. See, this is what people will do. Did you notice? I mean, none of us, as I'm looking around, I don't think any of us missed a meal today. Right? I mean, I'm not seeing anybody looking at their watch going, come on, hurry up, I I gotta get to... No, no, you guys all seem like, you know, you're doing pretty good. You're, you, you're, you're not sitting there with an empty stomach, right? We, we, sometimes, I'm telling you, we will plan our whole day to make sure, right? Man. We were so excited in California because like two, was it two or three years ago, these wonderful people in our church gave us a coupon to Benihana. We were going to Hawaii, which is the greatest restaurant on the planet. It's kind of, you know, that's in my opinion. And, and we thought we could use it, but we couldn't because they changed to a different type of Benihana in Honolulu. So we're bummed. So we're going to California. And so we got, I mean, I'm like, I got this all planned. I'm like, okay, we've got this coupon. Benihana is like, five miles away from where I am, right? I could eat there probably three times a day. But anyway, we went there. And, and so I'm planning how we're going to make this work in our schedule. This is what we do, don't we? You'll plan, okay, I got to eat. I got I to have food. And, and I kind of plan my whole, to make sure I don't ever miss a meal. You'll even plan how you could feed your family. And feed other people, right? You'll even plan how to feed your dog or your cat or your fish. You'll make sure, right? I mean, my wife, when she would go out of town, she was pretty concerned about me making sure that I fed Zoe. So she got this automatic dog feeder thing. Because she'd call me up and, How, how's Zoe doing? I'm like, I have no idea. I haven't seen her for a while. I'd mess with her, you know. I'd pay for that a little bit. But, you know, we'll feed our animals, right? 
Many people will take part of their income and give it to organizations that feed the hungry while at the same time never eating themselves. And I'm telling you, eating physically is not near as important as eating this. Right? And, and this is a challenge. I had a trainer tell me one time, the perfect eating routine is where you're never hungry or never full. You kind of eat little meals every two and a half hours. I wonder what would happen to a person's life if they actually did that with the word of God. I know what would happen. All of a sudden, lights would start going on. Things would start changing. You would start seeing life different. You'd see everything different. All of a sudden, you'd go from, what am I going to do to all things are possible? Here's the major thing that would happen. A person's life would go from being all about me to being all about him and all about others and not about me at all. Because in that place, this is what happens. I'm all about the master. I'm all about his people. I am all about what he's all about. And guess what he's doing in my life? As I'm sowing into him and I'm sowing into others, he's harvesting into me. The blessing of God overtakes you. So many Christians are looking for the blessing and you don't find the blessing looking for it. Right? So let's look at this. My son, verse 20 of Proverbs chapter 4, attend to my words. Give the word of God first place in your life. In other words, the word of God is now my final authority in my life. Now you can't do that if you're not willing to commit your life to it. So that's a decision, right? To, to develop a strong spirit, you have to be willing to live your life with Jesus being your Lord. Now perfectly, no, you're going to mess up. We all mess up. Whatever. Do you know who doesn't care about you messing up? God, your Father. Because, man, the Holy Spirit's there to help you adjust and repair. You say something stupid, but see, when you got your eyes on him and you say something stupid, you're like, wait a minute. I don't believe, I, nope, I do not believe that. That's not right. If you say that to a person, hey, I apologize. I should have never said that to you. Right? But if you're living all for yourself, you get blind spots. See, this is how most people are living. Do you know... You all came here in a car tonight. And let your vehicle, or car, truck, SUV, whatever, let your vehicle teach you a big lesson about life. Did you notice how the windshield is big? But the rearview mirror is real little. Do you know most people are living their life with everything is about what happened in the past, their past mistakes and all this stuff? No, no, forget about all that. Your rearview mirror, you know what it is in a Christian's life? 
I'm just driving down the road, and I look, and I'm like, whoo, there's surely goodness and mercy following me. I look in the rearview mirror, oh, man, Jesus died for my sins. Never, oh, I'm, I'm just such a mess. I messed up here. I did this. No, no, but God wants you to live with purpose, being more focused on your future, not on your past. Right? These are some things that happen as you grow spiritually. But in order to see that, you've got to attend to his word. You've got to make his word your final authority. If his word tells you to forgive, then you forgive. You honor the word in every arena of your life. Incline your ear unto my sayings. That means I live my life giving God my undivided attention. Why? Because I am all about developing myself spiritually so that I can know him. Right? Listen to, recognize the reality of the truth of God's word and then take action based upon that word. In order to take action upon the word, you have to what? Listen to, realize, or recognize the reality of the truth of his word. You have to see it in order to move on it. And the Holy Spirit's there to help you do that. Verse 21, let them not depart from your eyes. In other words, always see yourself through the lens. See everything through the lens of God's word. His word is everything. Right? Keep them in the midst of your heart. Now look at this. Keep God's word in the midst of your heart. Why? For they are life to those that find them. Now this means to arrive at them. To find the word of God, it means that I now arrive at the word because I'm in motion. I'm doing something. The Bible says if you seek, you'll find. If you knock, it'll be open to you. The parable, Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sower, which is the key to the whole kingdom of God, having ears to hear, is shown in the picture that once they heard Jesus' message, Everybody left, but a group of people came back to him and said, hey, can you explain what you just taught us? And he said, oh, yeah, to you, it's given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. So this is why we keep going back, because I, I attend to it. It's number one in my life. I shouldn't say it. He is number one in my life, because in the beginning was the word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, and the Word became flesh. I'm going to take you through John chapter 6. The message that Jesus preached that caused so many to leave him. He starts talking about, listen, your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, but I am the bread that has come from heaven and if you want to abide in me, you have to eat my flesh. And the, and the Greek word means eat and keep on eating. 
people freaked out. They left. Why did they, they didn't stay around long enough to get the revelation of what Jesus was really saying? Because he finished up in verse 63 by saying, my words, they're spirit, they're life. God's word will nourish you. God's word will change your whole life. Because we've got it, but we've got to develop a strong spirit. And their health to all their flesh. Health. The word of God is health. This masculine noun in the, in the Hebrew language means health, it means healing, it means a remedy. It literally refers exactly to the renewal and the cure of an illness. The word of God will heal your physical body. Keep, verse 23, thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep your heart. This word keep is a Hebrew verb. It means to guard your heart, to watch over, to observe your heart, to preserve or to hide. This word gives us, this Hebrew word gives us a picture of people hiding things and guarding things that have been of great value that have been entrusted to them. God has made you a spirit. And he's saying out of your inner man will flow the boundaries, the issues. That word means boundaries of your life. You set your own boundaries. That's why we've got to develop spiritually. Do you know sometimes people come to a church like this and they think, man, you know, the word is so good. This is awesome. I'm never going to face anything. I'm just going to be blessed. No, no, you're blessed in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death. Right? Through faith and patience, we obtain the promises. Three different times it says, he who endures till the end shall be saved. So I'm telling you guys, this is a message for today. We've got to develop spiritually. God is your, the Holy Spirit's your trainer. He'll get you ready so that you will be able to be strong enough to stand and believe him and know that man, whoever the son has made free is free. I am free. I am not bound, right? I might feel bound. It might look to everybody like I'm bound, but I have found out I am not bound. And when I find out I'm not bound, guess what happens? All the bondage has to leave, right? This is what we're talking about. The Lord made our heart to be a driving force behind our actions. All life flows out of the overflow of my personal walk with God, and my personal walk with God is spirit to spirit. So we must protect, we must guard, we must maintain our heart, right? And notice how this is all in connection with physical healing. Let me read this in the Amplified Version, Amplified Classic Version. Verse 20 of chapter 4. My son, attend to my words. Consent and submit 
to my sayings. See, this is the problem. So many Christians are like, wait, go time out. I'm not doing that. I'm not forgiving them. And you're done. You're just done right there. Right? Go to a trainer. Join a gym. Right? It's September. Pretty, I mean, it's pretty soon, man. New Year's resolution time. Here we go again, right? <laughs> right? Join a gym. Could you imagine? They sit down with you as a trainer. Okay. So I need you to, to come in. Well, no, I, I don't want to. I don't want to, uh, I don't like to do a treadmill. Well, okay, that's okay. We got an elliptical. Well, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to do an elliptical. <laughs> right? Well, okay, so, so you're telling me you want to get in shape, but you're not, and will, will you lift weights? No, I don't like to lift weights. <laughs> now you laugh. Do you know I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, can I come see you every week and do weekly counseling? And the answer to that is like, oh man, you could come twice a week, right? Every Wednesday night at seven o'clock, you could come three times a week. Because usually the 8.45 and 11 o'clock service are two different services. And these messages, man, they'll help you. But, but people have want. I just need to come and talk. Now I'm, and, and I've had people tell me now, I don't like to read so I, I'm, I don't read my Bible. And you know, I'm, I'm really, I, I'm pretty busy, so I never come to church. But will you sit down and talk to me? And the response, I have to look at him and go, I, I'm sorry, I, I can't. Because I would not want to sit down and talk with you, making you, giving you the thought that maybe things would get better in your life, because they won't. And then you leave my office and you're like, well, I tried Pastor Tony. He didn't work. Let me go to find, let's, let me find somebody else. Yeah. Right? In the same way, if you want to lose weight, if you want to get in shape, but you don't want to work out, oh, okay. Listen, I love McDonald's. I might go down from a Big Mac to a filet of fish That's not going to help you. <laughs> right? And I know this sounds funny, but people are doing this every day spiritually. They're doing it every day. They're spending so much time thinking about their body. They're spending so much time, even in the intellectual world, they're spending so much time in natural things that they're letting their spirits dry up. And they're wondering why well, I go to Faith Family Church. Why doesn't this work? Right? Let's just like Brother Hagen used to say. He used to hammer this. I think the Lord had him do it to, for me. The word will work if you'll work it. I'd sit in class and think, well, of course, that's stupid. I mean, everybody knows that. Then I'd leave and the Holy Spirit's telling me, Tony, you know, the word will work if you'll work it. <laughs> But, but I'm reading and I'm studying and I understand, I know the principles. Yeah, that's great. Are they producing anything in your life? Nope. Still steeped in worthlessness. But all this stuff that the enemy put on you, starting when you were a little kid, is nothing compared to what God has placed in you. 
And I'm telling you, all that stuff on the outside in your mind, that'll just be pulled out by the word. Amen. And all of a sudden, you'll just be free. And you'll go from glory to glory to glory. Amen. And you won't live in fear anymore. You won't have anxiety attacks anymore. Satan knocks on your door. You kick him right in the face and laugh. Right? It is written. It is written. It is written. These little demons are going, do I have to go to her house again? You know, I mean, they hear, okay, here it comes. It, she's starting to say it. Oh, no. Right? I'm not, this is the way it really is. It says here, consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, healing and health to all their flesh, Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard for out of it flow the springs of life. This is so important. We have to nourish our spirit man. Right? Do you know your body, your emotions can make you feel like you're afraid when you're not in fear? But when you're developing in spirit, your spirit will rise up and go, no. Fear, you get out of here in Jesus' name. I don't have a spirit of fear. And you know it'll leave. So jump over to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 14. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you. This is not near as good as what I've been, it's been rolling in me for so long. I'm like, Come on. <laughs> but we just trust the Holy Spirit. Look at Proverbs 18, 14. This is powerful. It says, The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. The spirit of a man will sustain. This Hebrew word means will hold, will contain, will feed, will supply, will maintain, and will endure his infirmity. The spirit of a man, let's just take one word. The spirit of a man will hold his infirmity, will contain it. You get diagnosed with something and your spirit just goes, oh no, you didn't. I'm containing you. You are contained. You will not go in another part of my body. You're only going in one direction and that's out of my body. A spirit will do, your spirit will do that. The spirit of a man will endure his infirmity. But he that endures to the end shall be saved. Matthew 10, 22. You know what that word saved means? You could say it this way. But he that endures till the end will be healed. But he that endures to the end will be made whole. And your spirit will endure it. And we're spending no time in churches talking about how to build a strong spirit. Shame on us as pastors. We have to develop our spirit because the world needs to see Jesus. 
right? And Jesus is, was not anemic spiritually. He was not deficient, right? I see these pictures of Jesus. Are you kidding me? Right? Or like these movies where the pastor's just this little freak. I mean, I'm come on. I can't wait to meet Titus. He's the Terminator pastor. <laughs> Paul's like, hey, gates of hell, I need to bake a church right there. Timothy's like, yeah, I'm your guy. Or Titus, right? God is a God who cannot lie. Send me, I'm going to kick butt. Right? I love that guy. Caleb. Josh, hey, promised land is ours. I'm 85 years old. I could war like I could when I was 45. I got my sword, right? I got my sword. We're going to go for it, right? I could war. Let's do it. See, this is you. This is your body. So what? But this is your spirit. So we need to develop our spirit, right? Do you know, somebody gave me this, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, where it says, take every thought captive, guy came up after the sermon and said, hey, that Roman sword that you described, I have one, a replica of it. Same weight, same size, it's just not near as sharp, thank goodness, right? But to take every thought captive, that was a Roman military term a Roman soldier would literally wear this thing, and, and I don't know which side it was on, because I'm left-handed, so I'm probably doing it all backwards anyway. But he would literally, when he would, when he would take somebody captive, they would try to fight. He would do a move where he would grab them and slam them into his breastplate, twist their body, and put this up their spine. And they would literally just go, they were paralyzed from the neck down. And that's the, that's the Greek word, that Paul used how we were to take thoughts captive. That's how dangerous thoughts are. So be careful what you're watching on TV. Be careful what you're watching on Christian TV. Right? Again, as you develop your spirit, you'll know. I can't tell you how many books, man, somebody tells me, oh man, this book is so good, minister friend of mine. I start reading that thing, and about two chapters in, boom, it goes in my file. It's not given to anybody else. It goes directly into the file. That's called the garbage can of no return, right? Because I'm just like, I'm going, this is not, there's something about this. There's some good stuff in here, but there's, there's a bunch of junk in this too. I'm not, I'm not doing it. This is how we grow. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit, who can bear? In other words, a strong spirit will get you through every spiritual attack, every life-threatening event that you will ever face. Your spirit will get you through it because it will latch on to the word of God and it'll say, I believe God and I'm not moving and the word's staying in my heart and it's gonna come out of my mouth and I know it's truth and Satan, you're leaving. But I'm not going under. I'm not positive thinking. I'm gonna be in a positive mood as the boat goes down. Nope, the boat's not going down. How? Don't care. I'm not, I'm not, how's not my deal? That's his deal. And he always keeps up his, his end of the bargain, right? 
What are we talking about? A strong spirit will get you through every physical attack that you ever face. Every financial difficulty that you'll ever face. It'll get you through all marital problems. It'll get you through all parenting challenges. And guys, don't think parenting challenges are just when the little kids, and then when they get out of high school or college, it's over. Oh, no, 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 no. It gets worse. <laughs> right? Because guess what? Like, like my daughter, you know, when she's grown up, man, what a, this girl loves, has loved God, just like her mom, her whole life has always honored me. Just a wonderful, you know her, Sarah. She walks in a room, she's full of life. And, and the big joke was, growing up, she'd be like, Daddy, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> and my response was always, whatever. Because I knew she would always do what I said. But guess what? Now she's grown. I'm not the boss of her. David, my son, I'm not the boss of him. You have adult children. But see, here's the thing. My spirit will get me through every parenting challenge. That means when you see your 30-year-old or 35-year-old son or daughter going in a wrong direction, you can get stirred by the Holy Ghost and you could bring protection around them and provision around them and you could see their life change. It'll get you through all career challenges. It'll get you through everything in the ministry. So because of that, we must focus on strengthening and building up our spirit. I hope if you don't leave here with anything else tonight, as we just launch this off, that you leave here going, I must, I must, must, must feed my spirit. And here is number one. This is number one. Number two is listening to your pastor preach. Because God does everything through the local church. Well, you're saying that because you're a pastor of a local church. No, I'm saying that because that's what the word says. Everybody, the whole Bible, nobody went in and obtained their inheritance in the Old Testament alone. Everybody went in with their company. Right? God gave the fivefold ministry to do what? To equip us. Well, I'm one of those fivefold, right? Those, those, those equip you. Messages that you hear on TV and tapes and CDs and all this stuff, think of them as supplements. You know what a supplement is, right? It's supposed to supplement something. Now, not, not, not that Nebraska football is anything to talk about. Let's talk about Michigan or somebody else. I don't know. We'll talk about. But let's just say, if you went to Nebraska, do you know when they walked in for dinner, at the team dinner, they would not have bowls of supplements. They'd just have massive amounts of food. Now, they would supplement to get a little extra here and there, protein powders and some different things. But man, don't, what's a supplement? A book, right? When we moved to Omaha, there was a book that was going around. People were quoting it. They were so excited about it. You'd think revival hit Omaha. It was called The Shack. And I'm like going, I'm not hearing anybody talk about the Bible. 
See, because this, this is pure word. This is God, this is full of life. A book might have life in it, right? I mean, Brother Hagen has some great books. But Brother Hagen would tell you, live there. Right? Now, if you read his books, they're full of the word. But see, you could get some opinions of men and some of this stuff, messages. And, and we have great teachers in the body of Christ. Do you know right now, we should be feeding on the word and using all the supplemental stuff to learn the word. But what are we doing? We're sitting here for hours at home watching messages and we're not doing anything with them. It's really amazing what happens. There's a big difference between bringing this to church and this is your Bible. For a lot of people, why do I need to bring my Bible? Because it's up on the screen. Or there's a big difference when somebody starts bringing this. You know what was interesting in this church in California? You saw all these people, older people, younger people, they're all carrying Bibles. You're thinking, are you kidding me? For our friends, their son, he's, he works for Apple. I mean, this guy's tech master. He comes to church with his Bible, his pen, and a notebook. Because there's something about setting your eyes. There's something about writing notes. There's just something about it. You start... What is what you're doing, see, it, it, you just start chewing the word of God. And you get it down on the inside of you. And once it's on the inside, it starts nourishing. But it doesn't nourish you on the outside. Could you imagine sitting down? What, what, if, you, what if you had a, a magic supplement that would give you everything? And, and you did this. You took, you'd have to take it twice a day. And you took your little cup and you went like this, whoosh, moved around your mouth and went, spit it out, and then you left. Would you expect to get any results from that? Nope. You've got to take it in. Why? We're talking about how to develop our spirit. Our spirit needs to be nourished by the word of God. I could tell you this, what happens when you start. And I'd like to tell you this is easy in our environment. You know, if you're believing God for something, you, you need to be reading chapters every day. I mean, just feeding on the word a few different times a day. Well, pastor, I don't have time for that. You don't have time not to do that. Because if you don't, you're going to be moved by natural things and it'll only produce death. Well, this is... This is now, see... I'm so blessed because this is a real popular message in this room. <laughs> People listening, I could feel it online. They're like, yeah, you know, whatever. But in a lot of environments, it's like, no, no, pastor, don't, don't get too intense or I'm out. Right? We must do this. I would encourage you this week to do this. Walk around just confessing. I'm a spirit. I possess a soul and I live in a body. I'm a spirit. Because you got to get spirit conscious. 
So many believers are flesh body conscious or they're mind conscious, right? This is so important. The tendency is for us to be body or mind conscience, conscious. Conscious of natural things. Romans 10.10 says this, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 2 Corinthians, and I'm, I'm getting close to closing here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in verse 16, it says this, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish. This word perish means to progressively and completely decay. That's our outward man. If the Lord tarries his coming and there is no rapture in our lifetime which i think would be miraculous guess where we're all going to end up being dirt right our bodies are just decaying however they're not to decay with sickness and disease in them right it says here yet the inward man is renewed this, this Greek word means progressively being made new day by day. In other words, you age on the outside. You're not aging on the inside. On the inside, you're to get stronger. And being stronger on the inside is going to be a big part of making you strong on the outside. Amen. Right? Do you know you never grow old on the inside? So we have to build ourselves up. You have to build yourself up spiritually through being in the Word, through prayer, spending time with God. Why? Because this gets you ready to face that next hard thing that comes into your life that you are to have complete victory over and you're to go through it with joy. Not hard. No, no, no. Paul said this. He said, I don't count my life dear to myself that I might finish my course with joy. Amen. Yeah. Right? He's focused on something other than his life. I love that. James chapter 2, verse 26, it says, For as the body without the spirit is dead... That, that word in the Greek means a corpse. So faith without works is dead also. So this is so huge. I'll close by saying this. There's, there's some things that happen. This is what Satan will do. He'll throw thoughts, he'll create circumstances in your life through people, through whatever, to try to get you looking away from the word of God, away from, of, from Jesus, getting your eyes off him onto natural things. Because why? Because this will discourage you. Have you ever been discouraged? 
You know, you're just like, man, my life is just not what I want it to be. But you're still kind of going, but you know what? I could, I could make this better. But he wants to move you from discouragement into depression to where now there's an outside force exercising hard control over you. It's oppressing your mind because he wants to move you into what's called despair. Despair is where you look to your future and you don't see it ever changing. We're going to see in the word where Paul was perplexed, but he was not in despair. He was in a situation. He was perplexed. The Greek word we're going to get into, it literally means, okay, I see no way out of this at all, but yet I'm not in despair. I still know. I still know, but God. He gets me through everything. Not, and, and God doesn't get you through just barely. No, no, we're talking world overcomer. This is not just, okay, I overcame this thing, I got it under control. That's not God's victory for you. It's behold, I make all things new. To where you get up in the morning and you're like, wow. My past is not dictating my future. And all things are possible because God has my future. Nothing that I've done, nothing that's been done to me is catching him off guard and he has a future for me. And I'm telling you, this is the deal. You have to lay hold of this life. Satan doesn't want you to be strong enough to do that. But you are a world overcomer already. And as you nourish yourself in the word of God, I would encourage you, start this week. The Gospel of John is a great book to start. Just start reading every day. I would encourage you, when you sit down for a physical meal, sit down with your word. Start your day. End your day. Do you want to do away with all nightmares, horrible dreams, and all this stuff? Because guess who comes? He's a punk. Satan comes when you're alone in your bed. It's 3 o'clock in, your mor- in the morning, and all that's when he comes. So what you do when you go to bed, you spend time with the Lord. You quote the word of God, and you go to bed in perfect peace. And let God mount guard over you. Because when you're resting on the inside, you'll rest on the outside. Right? So I would encourage you, jump over from John, and then go and read 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John right? Learn about the love of God. Then go back and jump into Matthew and read all the way through the New Testament, right? And every time the enemy's telling you, you're not understanding what you're reading, read it out loud and say, no, the Holy Spirit, the teacher's teaching me the word of God. It's, It's affecting your spirit. I'm telling you, you start doing this every day, it'll change your life. It'll change, it'll change everything about you. It's wonderful. And I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir because so many of you are in the word. But if there's anybody here who's not, 
I could tell you this right now as you're sitting here, you know what you're supposed to do. And don't, don't, don't start here. Just, just start. Start. 